Thanks to Indeed for sponsoring the Apple Bits XL. Attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours looking for candidates with the right skills. Start hiring now at Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Offer good for a limited time. Terms and conditions apply. All right, everybody. Let's get to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Apple Bits XL. Brian Tong here, your host. Doing the most for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Woo! It has been a whirlwind week, two weeks, three weeks I've been traveling. I think uh, I've basically been on the road um, for the past three weeks, and I've been home, I think, the past three and a half days out of those three weeks until I just returned because in case you haven't been following um, my Twitter or Patreon or YouTube I just came back from the Bay Area because I got a chance to do a freaking exclusive interview with Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple. We will be including that interview in this podcast. So for those of you that missed it, you can listen and hear what we had to, what he had to say. Um, but that's kind of crazy. I mean, when I think about all that, um, you know that that happens because you all support me, and I continue to talk about it and thank you guys and gals about it. I don't think you understand how much that you have been able to keep me doing this and open doors and opportunities like that for me. Um, yeah, I have to do the work, but I can't do the work if you guys and gals don't support it. So uh, that is just incredible. So I'm not going to plug the Patreon, <laughs> but I do want to just say, hey, if you want to support my content, patreon.com slash Tong is how you do it. Starts at $2 per month. There's benefits at different levels. I say this all the time, but if you want to support the show and you don't want to hear any ads whatsoever, patreon.com slash Tong is a good place to go. Also, if you want to be a part of the show, hey, you got some feedback on what Tim says in the show or some of the stories that happen, this is the weekly wrap-up that we do every week with the Apple Bits XL. All you got to do is record a voice memo at applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z, your name, where you're from, what you want to talk about. If you don't want to talk about it, you can maybe email me at applebitsshow at gmail.com. Some of you don't feel comfortable on the mic or on the phone or on the tablet or the laptop. That's okay. Send it in and I will include them in an upcoming show. All right, so let me just set the stage for you of what happened here because this Tim Cook interview literally just happened, I guess now as of this recording, maybe two days ago. So Apple actually randomly hits me up over email last week Thursday. I had just been at their headquarters to cover the iPhone 14 emergency SOS via satellite, uh, and I did an interview, an exclusive interview with one of the product managers over there that you can see on my YouTube channel, so, you know, I've been already traveling for two weeks and all of a sudden I get this email and they're saying, hey, we want to talk to you about an opportunity. And when Apple emails you and you cover tech, you respond. And so basically the email said, hey, there's going to be an event that Apple is taking part of is to support at-risk and disadvantaged use. And um, it's part of Apple's education funding for an incredible program called FIRST. And it really brings science, technology, engineering, math, STEM. Um, it also brings other skills like PR and marketing and programming and coding to young people across uh, the U.S., but also specifically this program is the people that were there were from um, Hollister, which if you're not familiar in California, this is part of the Central Coast, and this is a community that is a majority of farming, comes from a families of farming. So English, I think it was something like over 65% of the students coming into the school district uh, English is not their native language. 95% of them live at or below the poverty level as defined by the state of California. 
and they are learning and creating robots and robotics that compete in nationwide tournaments. So when you think about the opportunities that this opens up from a career standpoint, from what is possible for young people, this is amazing. Um, Apple has supported first for, I think they said roughly eight years. And so that's why they were there. And the guest speaker, the guest honor of honor was Tim Cook, Apple CEO. So they said, hey, would you come out, cover this story? And then we also have an exclusive interview for you with Tim Cook. There were no other influencers um, in the YouTube tech community there at all. There were no actual news outlets, surprisingly. It was a private event. It was people you know, donated to support the cause. And I was fortunate enough to get invited to come out there. Uh, it was incredible. And the cool thing is I do have a news journalism background, so I can craft stories. I can make stories, um, you know, interview people, build those sound bites and kind of create a coherent, you know, idea of what happened. And then it was awesome. All right. So anyways, that's the backdrop of why I was there. And then the quick other thing is that my parents, my mom, my dad, and my sister, they're all teachers. Now, my my sister is now a principal at an elementary school in the San Jose Bay Area. But I've grown up, you know, with teaching around me. So education has been really important and understanding. I would even do tours back in the day when I was at that other place for my sister's classrooms just to show these young people what is possible from a career standpoint. I mean, I think many of us listening may have had one or two instances, whether you're a young person, whether you're an older person even, of maybe you saw something that you didn't think was possible in your future and it opened up your mind. It it allowed you to be like, wow, there are other things that I can do or that I'm capable of doing. You know, my job doesn't define me, but when you can start thinking like anything is possible, whether you come short or not, it's fine. But I think being able to be in a, I think that's even a privileged position to have. But when you can even think about anything is possible and you can put your heart and soul to it and be passionate about it and go for it, I think amazing things can happen in whatever field and discipline, whether it's a hobby, a profession, just a love, like whatever that is. So obviously you can tell I'm really fired up about this because of just the experience and seeing how advanced these young people are compared to what I was doing, you know, the program, I think they start with like Legos at somewhere around three or four, but they start getting into robotics at fourth grade. Um, I was watching Saturday morning cartoons. I was playing AYSO soccer, shooting some hoops and reading comics. These kids were <laughs> doing robotics and damn, it's really incredible to see. Okay, so let's just get to the interview. Here is me, myself and I talking to the Apple CEO, Tim Cook, one-on-one, and there's actually some really good nuggets in here as well. Just take a listen, and we'll talk about it when we come back. Thanks for your time, Tim. Really appreciate it's it. It's great to be with you. Absolutely. You know, uh, we're here ta- showcasing education, how these young people have been really able to take these opportunities that Apple's been in part able to give them. I was just kind of curious, right? You're the CEO of the top company in the world, but education obviously played a role in you getting to this spot as well. Could you maybe kind of take a moment to look back and maybe think about how education has impacted your journey? You know, I'm the product of a public school education. And education is everything to me. It's the foundation that I was able to do 
uh, everything afterwards, including this job now. Uh, you know, so I was very fortunate to have parents that put emphasis on education. I was very fortunate to have teachers that cared enough to push a little harder for you to do a little bit more than you think you could. And it's the combination of all of those things that made me who I am. Uh, I, I think education is so important. It's the great equalizer of people. You know, it's the thing that gives everybody an equal chance. And uh, to take part in this tonight and over the eight years or so that we've been associated with it, it makes my heart sing. Yeah, you can see the energy of these students. Yeah. You know, like you, you feel their passion, their creative, Absolutely. and being involved in tech and STEM. I mean, that, that's amazing itself. Were there maybe any lessons? I mean, there's always lessons to be had, but that you've, maybe one or two that stick out in your mind that you've learned along the way that have really helped you today. I know that's a, a big question, but maybe some moments or instances. Well, you know, the thing that Steve taught me was that the joy is in the journey. And, you know, I used to always think about the next thing and uh, always sort of put off the happiness until the next thing occurred. And of course, the next thing never occurred. And, uh, but he taught me the joy was in the journey. And so when I talk to kids these days and people beyond kids, I remind them of that. Uh, because I think if you live your life that the joy is in the journey, you're going to have a lot happier life. And the, the other thing is to find something that you're passionate about and put all of yourself into it. You know, these kids are passionate about robotics and coding, and they're learning things like critical skills and creativity and problem solving. And, uh, and so it's, it's, it's just great to be a part of this. As you know, you talk about the joy of the journey. Yeah. You know, there's a there's so many eyeballs, obviously, on Apple. Everything you do, people love, scrutinize, talk about, debate. I mean, it's a great place to be in. But has that kind of given you maybe a I don't want to say a sense of Zen, but a, a kind of a, a way of thinking about being in the middle of this storm of what you know Apple is and what it means to so many people. You know, I don't think about the storm very much. <laughs> okay. uh, I, I try to remain pretty calm through throughout it and I don't think about all the the, the living in the aquarium I don't I don't really think about those things I, I compartmentalize it a bit and so what I do is I go to work every day and I love the people I work with and they're the some of the smartest people I think in the world and we always try to make each other better than we than we were the day before and we try to do great work that really enriches people's lives and so I, I figure if we can do all of that, then that's a good life. Finally, you know, Apple here, we know that education is crucially important. How is Apple different in how they approach education because of just how many different platforms and things you have? Yeah, well, what, what we do is we're about equal access. And so we try really hard to make our technology accessible to everyone. And so we do things like, you know, we, we developed Swift because we wanted to develop something that was as easy to learn as our products were to use. And we open sourced our, uh, our curriculum so that everybody would have it. We spent time on one-to-one uh, -one teaching, uh, pro professional teaching kind of classes for teachers. And we try hard to help teachers uh, sort of be able to teach in the modern classroom. The classroom that combines great teaching and great technology together. 
and, and we participate in things like this that reach kids that might not be reached otherwise. And so to, for us, it's about equity and, uh, and justice. And, and that sort of gives us the fuel that we need to, to do great work in education. Well, Tim, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank um, you. All right. So if you heard those like sounds, those were actually robotics and cars driving around us, flying around on the floor next to us. But um, it was great. Really cool opportunity. And, uh, you know, I've been able to been fortunate enough to interview a lot of people. I think um, was I nervous? No, honestly. I mean, I, I've, I've like I said, I've, I've been fortunate enough to interview a lot of people, but it was really cool. It was fun. It was just laid back. And I got to tell you, I've never actually seen Tim as like kind of animated and open. Um, then when I talked to him, I think it's because he wasn't necessarily talking about Apple products all the time. And so he could kind of lean back and kind of relax a little. And hopefully I helped him do that a little bit, but, uh, it was really fun. And, uh, there's also a little part in there that, um, didn't get played that maybe you'll hear one day. I I don't know. But when we talk about what he went over, right, he talked about how important education was to him. He's a product of a public school. And, you know, I had, I wanted to when Apple asked me to come out there, obviously the story is to cover education, but my thinking is how do I tie this so that maybe he can give me some cool nuggets that we just don't expect and things that he's just never really talked about or we've heard him talk about. And that's exactly what happened. I didn't even, I, my, I go into interviews, honestly, any interview, I do my homework. I read up on what's been happening around them and with them lately. Obviously I get a good background of the individual I'm talking about. And then I come in with maybe, I would say some general questions, and then what I do is I listen during the interview, and if there's something that I want to hone into, I'll just ask it within their interview. So technically, um, I was only supposed to technically ask Tim, I think, like two questions. I think it ended up becoming four or so, four or five maybe, um, if you listen to that, but they were all follow-ups that expand and let him kind of free roam, and that's where you kind of get the the best stuff because after I asked him about why education was important to him, it already instantly like becomes grounded to who he is. And then when I can bring up like what lessons you've learned, I didn't even have the whole question of what lessons have you learned in my head before I got there. I just started listening to him talk. I'm like, oh, maybe I should just ask him what if he's actually something specific he's learned from this. And then he brings up the whole anecdote about Steve saying the joy is in the journey. And that I didn't want to interject myself in the conversation, but that is something that I've always lived by. I mean, my my saying has always just been, enjoy the journey. And you know, for those of you listening that have supported me, like this being independent has been a process. It has been a grind, a hustle. I wouldn't do it if I didn't love it. And so those words resonated with me. He talked about doing what you love and being passionate about what you do. 100%. Those are two things specifically that have kept me, you know, mentally in the right space to enjoy this, go through the ups and downs, have fun with it. And then you get these kind of crazy opportunities like, whoa, like that is awesome. So those those things definitely struck with me. I it made me laugh when he's like, I wouldn't exactly call, you know, the the tension around Apple a storm per se, but you know, he just gave good perspective of how he operates. And I think one thing that maybe we don't know or sometimes people associate him with the product so much is that he talked about how he enjoys working with smart people, how they're trying to get better each day. And you know what I would say, some people might say, Oh, that is cliche, but I will tell you, um, being a kind of aligning with certain values and sticking to them 
is important. And look at look at how let's talk about current news. Look at how Elon Musk is treating employees at Twitter. He's treating them like a number on a spreadsheet, like a commodity. He's telling them, you better show up. I'm changing the culture. He doesn't, he he instantly out of the gates has shown he does not care about the people at the company. When your CEO doesn't care about you as a person, and many of us have been in situations like this, many of us are probably currently in situations like this where you know that your boss really doesn't care about you, it changes how you feel about going into work and how you feel about working your butt off for a company. It just does. But if there's some sort of way that the head of, you know, the head honcho or the cheese or your managers show that there's empathy, that they care about you as a person, at least that changes the relationship and how you feel about going to your job. So these are two completely different ways, styles of management. They are both from a financial standpoint successful or shown to have been successful. I'm not saying that. I mean, I think Elon's ways have shown how you know, you can call him a genius all you want in some aspects, but it's not like he invented Tesla, <laughs> right? It's not like he just, and then also he comes into Twitter and like swoops in and look at the train wreck it is now, you know? So again, let's just talk about the, the style of who Tim is. I think you saw a gentler, more compassionate person that wants to enjoy what he has and what he's doing. He doesn't, he also you know, talks about just being able to turn off the noise. So I kind of, in a weird way now, think about all the criticism that you hear about, you know, people complain about Apple this, Apple that. I don't think he even cares. Like, I think he puts the blinders on, like he said, and he's like, I'm just going to do the best job that I can with the best people that I can. And Apple has been so successful that in a way, you could see how the fact that they put on these blinders and kind of almost in a way, isolate or insulate, sorry, insulate themselves from all the noise on the outside that they just keep doing what they do. And, you know, from a business standpoint, they've been very successful doing that. But, you know, if they, I love how when you see a lot of people in the tech space are like, oh, the iPhone line is so, there's too many models. We need to slim it down. People were recently even complaining um, about, which line was it? Oh, the iPad line. We just need an iPad SE, a a regular iPad, and an iPad Pro. And there is parts of us that say, yes, that is smarter and simpler to understand. But I don't think it actually would result in more sales. I think most consumers have a dollar amount that they know they're willing to spend. And because Apple has built brand equity and brand loyalty, I think a lot of people, you know, not not us in the tech bubble, go into an Apple store with a budget in mind and they say in their head, I have $1,000 to spend. I want to get an Apple computer. What is it going to be? They don't walk into a store saying, I want an, I, an iPad SE or an iPad. They They go in with a number in mind. And I think... You know, from that standpoint, the fact that Tim has made sure to give us a model at every level of the iPhone, I think there's like five or six iPhones right now that you could buy today that are actually um, options, that speaks to that success of why do they keep on selling iPhones? Because they have such a diverse price points that people at different levels can buy them. You may not like it. It's not, it's different than the Steve Jobs day. Like, let's Let's embrace the fact that, hey, this is a new era. Stop saying, oh, it has it shown to be better? Well, maybe simpler. And yes, they released one single model that was the model. But now 
they're releasing like, you know, let's say with the iPhone, four models, some more successful than others, but overall, when you look at it from a you know a bird's eye view, they're still selling loads and millions of phones, and it's not stopping. And you have the refresh cycles and blah blah blah. So this whole you know tech pundit saying they need three models, I I think. I've always felt that, yes, it's easier for us to understand, but I think a consumer, I could be wrong. You could totally disagree with me, and maybe I'm totally wrong. And Apple did not tell me any of this. I'm just, I've always thought this for a while, but I think someone goes into a store whenever you buy anything. If I'm buying a pair of uh, Jordans, I remember when I was a kid, I'd be like, I have 120 bucks. Oh, you can't buy Jordans. Okay, fine. Uh, what else do they got, right? That's kind of like how you how you think when you need something based on your budget. So that strategy has worked, and um, obviously, I commend Apple for being involved in this program. I think it's kind of interesting to see how they operate behind the scenes at an event like this. Uh, Tim was the guest of honor, but he really interacted with every young person there. You know, I've seen him at a lot of events, and he gets, I've talked about this before, he gets bombarded, bombarded by people who want to take pictures all the time. He's very patient. He never poo-poos anyone or shoes them off. He doesn't like, oh, I got to go. He he listens to people and lets them talk and then moves on to the next person, wants to take a selfie. There's a large amount of grace that happens with that. And I saw it not only with him there again with young people, but also with adults. And so um, I don't know. I think it's I think when you see that side of him and also interviewing him and getting to see a little more like subtleties of just him being I mean, it sounds silly to say more human, but letting his guard down and kind of just being more relaxed and talking, I'm like, oh, I kind of understand him more as a person versus when you see him just presenting the keynotes, it's a different type of Tim. So I thought that was really interesting and good perspective. So again, I know I'm breaking down the interview. I thought it was really amazing and fun. Um, Hopefully, you know, Apple will throw me a bone and there'll be other opportunities to do it again, but it was cool to go to the Bay. I mean, I literally went there for a night stayed and slept overnight and then flew right back and then cranked away to get the segment out i think in like a day and a half or so so yeah i'm a little tired that's why the podcast is coming out uh late friday night instead of <laughs> late thursday or early friday i mean sometime i've been i've been traveling a bunch so again i just want to say thanks to all of you uh for your continued support because i without 100% without a doubt without without you all contributing, listening, supporting, watching in whatever way you can. Uh, That interview, almost five years later from when I left that other place, uh, would have never happened. Just saying. I'll stop now. All right. Thanks again to Indeed for sponsoring the podcast. And when you're hiring for your business, there's usually a choice, hire fast or hire well. But what if you want to do both? Well, then you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Hate waiting? Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment that they sponsor a job. Now, one of the things that I really like about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in place so easy because of their screenings and assessments feature. Indeed helps star applicants shine before the interview with over 135 graded assessment tests that they can take from cooking all the way to coding. Indeed helps you see your top talent's abilities in a flash by adding any of those 135 graded assessment tests to your job posts. Select for skills that matter 
With Indeed assessments, you can pick from over 100 skills tests and then add them to your job post. That way you can find candidates with the right skills fast. Indeed assessments can even give you a window into how candidates will be on the job. On average, applicants who score proficient plus on the reliability assessment were nearly eight times more likely to consistently attend work, according to U.S. Indeed data. Indeed assessments help take the stress out of the interview process, and candidates get to show their skills before the interview so you can dive deeper into talking about what's important to you. Join over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business. Look, you got to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Visit Indeed.com slash AppleBits to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, let's get to some of the stories. Not too much big stuff going on. I mean, right now we're getting to a little slower part of the season, so we will start talking about what to expect with products, some of kind of the yearly uh, look backs at what Apple did right, what Apple did wrong, what we're looking forward to, how can they be better in 2023. I mean, I love those shows. I bring in guests and we can kind of talk all about it. But, you know, getting back to Tim Cook really quickly, there was a recent story where the Apple Watch is being credited for helping a 17-year-old, his name was Smith Metha in India, actually call for help after falling more than 130 feet. It saw the young man break both of his ankles, but he was able to use the Apple Watch's cellular connectivity to call friends and family to have help sent. He fell more than 130 feet. This was according to the Times of India, and it was on a path where I guess it was a rainy day he slipped on a rock and fell down. Now, the other thing is that there were he wasn't the only one that at least had a fall, not something where he where people, other people fell 130 feet, but he was able to use the Apple Watch to save his life, which is pretty incredible. Um, in the story, he said that he had to go through a prolonged period of rehabilitation because he couldn't shift his weight on his legs. Again, both of his ankles were broken. He was wheelchair-bound for a while. When he recounted his experience, um, actually, Tim Cook wrote him a message to respond to him saying, Smith, I'm so glad you're on the road to recovery. It sounds like a terrible accident. Thanks so much for sharing your story with us. I wish you a full and speedy recovery. Best, Tim. So he responded to the team who, again, we're going to keep on hearing more stories like these where some of it, and it, it makes a great story where Apple's products um, can have actually helped to save lives. All right, this might not be a lifesaver, but it it could potentially save your life in 2023. We're talking about, yes, the iPhone 15 Pro. Everyone loves an iPhone story. At least people pay attention here, but we know, right, there's been rumblings about iPhone 15 Pro and iPhone 15 Pro Max. Maybe that even gets called the Ultra featuring a USB-C port. Um, but here's a new development, according to analyst Ming-Chi Kuo, for the longest time, right? right? We've talked about how, oh, you know, AirDrop isn't fast enough. These phones are now recording ProRes video files. Uh, you know, I mean, I've had like an 80 gig file from an overhead shot in some of my unboxings from my iPhone. They're huge. They fail half more than half the time when I try and send on my computer. I restart my phone. Sometimes I get lucky. But according to the report... Um, the USB-C port on the new 
15 Pro and 15 Pro Max will have support for at least USB 3.2 or Thunderbolt 3, which would give it a significant speed advantage for uploading files and transferring data. So if we talk about you know what the USB-C ports are capable of right now, so the current lightning connector on your iPhones has USB 2.0 speeds of up to 480 megabits per second. Okay, 480 megabits per second. Now, if we're talking about potentially the iPhone 15 Pro with a Thunderbolt-enabled USB-C port, you would get significantly faster data transfer speeds. Think about this. Uh, let's say even if it only gets up to USB 3.2 support, you would get a potential theoretical transfer speed rate between 5 gigabits per second and 20 gigabits per second. So let's even go from the current USB 2.0 speeds of 480 megabits. Uh, that is, if we go up to 5, so you're basically talking about almost 10 times as fast purely on the lowest end spectrum of what USB 3.2 with Thunderbolt support could give the new iPhone 15 Pro phones. Minimum 10 times faster transfer speeds compared to Lightning. If so, I would be very happy with that as someone who continues to shoot more content, ProRes video, which is significantly larger. Like I said, I think I think it's like around a, a 10 to 12, 15 minute video ends up being like 60 gigs when shot in ProRes on your phone. It's kind of bonkers. So we transition over to, okay, iPhone 15 Pro, 15 Pro Max, faster data transfer speeds. And again, the talk of, you know, Apple kind of creating a really premium tier type phone. And there's at least roughly, I guess, five or so features that could be rumored to be exclusive to the iPhone 15 Pro models. And then will they, you know, make that 15 Pro Max potentially rename it as Ultra? So here's what we have and what we know and what's been rumbled right now. Of course, you're going to get a new A17 Bionic chip. That would be reportedly based on TMC's second generation three nanometer process. So a lot more performance and power efficiency. Right now, I believe they're using the second gen four nanometer process. Um, so this could be uh, the second year in a row where only the pro models also feature um, Apple's latest and fastest chip. Remember this year was the first year where the A15 stayed on the iPhone 14 and 14 plus, but the A16 is in the pro and the pro max. We obviously just talked about a faster USB-C port for faster data transfer speeds. Increased RAM potentially on these new iPhone 15 Pro models has been rumbling um, up to 8 gigs of RAM. Right now, they currently have 6 gigs of RAM, um, but more RAM could allow more active content, more apps running constantly and being faster reload when open. So that more RAM is always a good thing. I The infatuation or obsession with it's the phone's got to have more RAM. I don't feel, and even though, yes, uh, Android phones have had more RAM, again, the management system is completely different. And more RAM, the more RAM, the merrier, but I haven't felt like it's been a bottleneck for me using my iPhone over the past two or three years or whenever. Also, solid state buttons. We talked about this, like I, I think, a couple weeks ago. 
that iPhone 15 Pro models are expected to feature a solid state volume and power buttons, and they would actually put additional taptic engines that provide those haptic feedbacks to feel like when you're pressing on an area or on a button that it feels like, oh, something's physically being pressed. So you have already a taptic engine on the bottom near the keyboard. They would put one on each side of the phone potentially as well so that you can have that haptic feedback, but it's Apple's calls it their taptic engine, not to get things confused. And then potentially a new and greater, this is where Apple's been trailing significantly in the phone game, an increased optical zoom for the iPhone 15 Pro Max. Reports have said that this will be the first iPhone to feature a periscope telephoto lens that could give us potentially potentially a up anywhere from a true 5X to 10X optical zoom. I mean, I'm hoping for a 10X. That's what we've seen on Samsung for now, I think, three years. And Apple's still like at 3X max right now. Um, and it makes a difference, trust me, from a video and photo composition to get a true optical and just how crisp it looks. That 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 would be just amazing for people like many of us listening that are in the Apple ecosystem. And with all this dif- differentiation, you put a larger screen on what would reportedly be the iPhone 15 Pro Max. Could we see an iPhone 15 Ultra? Is Apple going to embrace this Ultra moniker, right? We have the Mac Studio. Is the new Pro Mac going to be called a Mac Ultra? We're just going to have to find out. But that's the latest on what we think and believe about the new iPhone 15s coming in 2023 up to this point. Here's a little fun nugget. Google Maps for iOS will be gaining their augmented reality live view search in select cities. So this allows like smartphone users to basically visually search for restaurants and coffee shops that are located nearby. It's using Live View. You basically open up the maps and then tap the camera icon um, in the search bar to see what's around you from like shops and banks and all that. This is, you know, an, a layer of augmented reality built into the Maps app for Google coming to iOS. Um, and so it was previewed back in uh, September, according to the articles, but now this feature is ready to launch. It'll be rolling out starting next week in London, Los Angeles, and New York, Paris, San Francisco, and Tokyo starting next week. So something fun and cool to check out. And you know, you got to imagine every company is going to bring some sort of augmented reality element. I think, was it? Was it? Was it Yelp? Or was it some other app a long time ago, like long time ago that kind of did a an augmented reality with businesses I mean, this is long. I feel like this is like around like the iPhone 3G. I swear there was kind of something like that. It wasn't true augmented reality, but they'd show like, you know, businesses pop up and you're like, oh, okay. And I don't know. I'm just saying, I swear there was something like that. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong. And then also people have been also wondering about, hey, uh, when are we going to get Windows 11 support? That's native support for Apple Silicon. Well, VMware Fusion 13. VMware has obviously been just, I mean, a foundational piece of running Windows on Mac. VMware announced the launch of Fusion 13 will have native support for Apple Silicon Macs, um, which, and this is an update to their Fusion virtualization software. So you will now have a, uh, a virtual machine to run non-Mac OS operating systems like Windows 11, which is basically the main reason why most people will get VMware on their Mac. So uh, this is Intel and Apple Silicon Macs 
can now access Windows 11. Um, Intel Macs offer full support for Windows 11 while on Apple Silicon. VMware says there's a first round of features for Windows 11 on ARM, um, but it's not as extensive. So check it out. Go to their website. If this is you, hey, this is not me, but I know there's, I can't tell you right when Apple Silicon came out, one of the number one questions I said is like, what about running Windows apps? Because a lot of people use their Macs for personal and for business, and there's specific business apps that need to be used as well, depending on what company you have. So uh, this is great. It's about time, and <laughs> hopefully it didn't take them too long before people just run away from the Mac because of that. All right, everybody, that is going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much again for hanging out, for listening, to be a part of like, you know, I guess I kind of affectionately could call it Apple Bits Nation, but you all are incredible. Um, Big thanks, obviously, again, to our Platinum Apples at the $100 level, Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frader, Jarrett Lewis, Michael Gigliotti, and Atari Koenigsegg. Thank you so much for your support, and thank you, all of you, all of you, all of you. It's kind of crazy to think like five years later, uh, we were, we, I really do think, feel that way, we were able to interview... Apple CEO Tim Cook. And I honestly hope that I can do more interviews like that with some of the higher execs. I hope that I prove myself to Apple that obviously I am a capable interviewer and just kind of get more of those candid human moments while also talking shop um, and hopefully getting just, they're never going to announce anything to us. But I think what's interesting is more, you want to understand the psychology of who these people are, how they think, what goes in their decision process making and what they're thinking about when you're talking about um, tech trends and how they view Apple and the ecosystem because that that's kind of like some of that nitty gritty stuff that us nerds just we love all that stuff we love to geek out about it and just you know anything we can learn and know that we haven't learned or known before is that even proper English? <laughs> I'm just gonna stop right now it's late you have no idea when I'm recording this because it's late alright everybody take care be safe we'll, be, we'll be back here next week same bad time same bad channel it's the Apple Bits XL baby peace Bye.